This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly from Bloomberg Radio. Welcome to a special edition of Bloomberg Business Week's weekend podcast. We are live from Atlanta ahead of the big game, Carol. Yes, we are. Georgia World Congress Center. Really a lot of excitement. We're surrounded by players, every aspect of the big game all around us. And a lot of folks who played the game years ago, including Joe Theismann. Needs no introduction, but... Who would have thought? Who would have thought? You're an investor, a pretty serious investor. Top two uh, things you're looking at right now. I I think the first thing I'm looking at is the the cannabis industry. I think that more and more states are understanding that there's a value to it. Um, I think the perception of older people is that this is a thing you smoke and get high. And it's really not. There are a lot. There are medicinal qualities to it. There are also medicines that they're developing. Certain companies are developing uh, to try and be able to relieve pain in individuals, to control anxieties, uh, different types of uh, disorders that might occur. Uh, it, it helps as far as chemotherapy goes. I mean, there's a lot of statistical data that says that this space has a tremendous amount of growth in it, and that's one I've looked at very, very seriously. The other is cryptocurrency, which I'm also uh, interested in. And I, I watched a two-hour documentary on the beginning of it. We really don't know, was it someone from China who right. created it, or was it a Frenchman? Who, how did it come about? They, they, wanted their, they wanted to have an office. Bitcoin wanted an office right next to Wall Street. And that didn't happen. And it was funny. All the people that were on the board that um, basically judged whether or not they could be there are now all consultants to the crypto industry. Uh, so, so how do you find your investment ideas? Because those are some of the more evolving ideas. And as you know with cryptocurrency, take us back about a year and we thought, ah, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah, and then it came undone. a share. Well, yeah. it came so, down, but so did, take Tilray for example. Right. Okay, when uh, Canada announced that they were going to go across the board with recreational as well as medicinal um, uh, marijuana, the stock went from 24 to 348 roughly and has fallen back now, it hovers in the 75s, up to 80, up to 100s moving. It's, it's got a more natural range now. Um, that was because of the frenzy that occurred. I, I'm sort of trying to, I, I try to look out, what do I see five years from now? Right. Where will this be? I think it's going to become a very accepted part of society. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I think the laws are going to change. Texas is considering it now. We know Florida is considering it. There's a lot of states that don't have it. Now, the federal government is going to be forced, because of the revenue stream that is available, I mean, you don't have to raise taxes. And, and the connotation of that negative connotation is going away. Right. So why not? And I also, I have the best advisor in the world. I, I, Morgan Stanley is my house. A guy by the name of Ed May is my counsel. And Eddie and I talk five, six times a day. I asked him one day, I said, how many clients do you have? He said, I don't know, 100, 150. I said, you're lying. You're lying. You can't have that many clients because I spend every day right. on the phone with you. <laughs> he is, he is so you. attentive to everything we yeah. do. And, it's, and so I like to bounce things off of him. I like to talk to him. I like to find out what the researchers are looking at. What's their opinion of something? I don't always agree because right. yeah. I'm out here in the world. You know, it's always like invest in something you can touch, you can feel, you can see. Um, that was the, the, the dot coms were so crazy because you couldn't touch or feel so, it. And so, are you mostly doing? Sorry, are you yeah. mostly doing public equities? Yeah, you getting right. into some some private stuff? You know, pre IPO or I, public? I, every now and then I get pre IPO. Yeah. Um, I haven't had much success. A lot of success. The problem with pre IPO sometimes is you get and you hold on to something, 
and they keep telling you to hold on and right, hold right. on and hold on. And oops, the financing dried up. Yeah. Oop, they haven't gone to another house. There's not another hedge fund. Yeah. There's not another equity stream. So you're sitting there going, okay, how long do I hold on to this? Right. I don't like throwing good money after bad. Yeah. But then again, if I like the space, I'll stay with it probably a little bit longer than maybe most people would. But it sounds like you're spending a lot of time thinking oh, about it's investments. My, it's my hobby. Well, I, yeah. All right. I, to I be fair, you walked world. over and you're like, you were telling us about stuff that was going on in, yeah. in the cannabis industry. And right. you, were, you were getting texts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> canopy and, uh, <laughs> canopy well, and Afria, right? Well, Afria just is the one that... Um, yeah. That's the one that, that I found so interesting. Whoops. So are you mostly playing? So you are mostly playing publicly equities. Are you doing some of the big companies, whether I, it's tech or Delta? Delta. I like Delta. Airline. I like wow. Delta Airlines. <laughs> I, I like Delta. Delta actually came out with an upgrade. You know, I don't know if we've gotten the results. Oil made a difference. The price of oil yeah. you have big to time. look at. I think you look at commodities. I used to trade futures, which actually was like shoot. I, I, we call that snake out of a bottle. <laughs> Man, you just don't know which direction it's going. It's coming yeah. out of the bottle. It's either going to bite you or run away. <laughs> yeah. right. and, and I used, my wife used to get so upset when I traded equities. I used to sit at lunch with her and I would put the TV behind her. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, with, with the futures, it's like bang, in an instant, it changes. Right. And I'm sitting there going, uh -huh. excuse me, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they trade 23 hours a day. Yeah. So I'm up at Always two, on. I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning going, how did you get so interested in this stuff? I, I, mean, I, find, I love math. I've always loved math. Yeah. Finance has always been something. And, and I tell young players this. It's your money. Why, have other, why, why allow other people to do things with your money when you work so hard to get it? And I don't care whether you invest, whether you're a non-athlete. You work and you put a nest egg together. And then I talk to, to families. I do a lot of speaking. Yeah. You know, I do FA meetings, financial advisor meetings in, yeah. in different companies. And it's like, do you understand your responsibility as a financial advisor? In this world, today, those people have trusted you with their life. Right. I congratulate every one of you that has taken the time to try and learn of how you can not just make money for people, but save them. <laughs> it's Rodney Harrison. <laughs> uh, they show up every now. You and never then. know who's going to stop by. Down here, uh, but, but I just, uh, I just think it's, I think it's important to understand that you want to have something for the future. Right. There was a statistic, and it's been refuted, but I tend to believe it. I think Newsweek seven, eight, maybe nine years ago, put a uh, thing out that said that 78 percent of the players in the National Football League within two years are either financially destitute yeah. or bankrupt. Right. Wow. And and I've had different guys come up and say, oh, you know, that's terrible. We got to do something. Well. Think of it. You have the agent. You have their financial advisor. You have their parents. You have possibly their wife or girlfriend or their partner. You have their parents. All of a sudden, if you want to monitor this person's money, you have to go through a minefield of people because they're taking a piece of it. Yeah. And they don't want to give it up. So what's, ne so what's necessary? Do, you have to, do the players need to go through some kind of training? They or do. The they National do Football League offers extensive training to players to, in the financial world. Some of these kids come in and can't even write a check. And, and, and they feel embarrassed, but I say, don't be embarrassed. Fix it. Right. You, there's no such thing as a stupid question. The only stupid question is the one that doesn't get asked. Yeah. And there's no such thing as being embarrassed about trying to learn more. I've been around multi-billionaires. In this business, you're around them all the time. That's nice. Get around somebody of intellect, like a Warren Buffett. I could sit, I could sit and watch Warren Buffett all day long. I could just stare at the screen and listen to him talk about, and, and talk about finance. And the other thing that, that I love so much is, is I, I love the common sense approach. Mm -hmm. You look at, look at the companies he owns. You know, it's candy, it's airlines. He, buys, that, he it, buys things he understands. You know, it's not, that's the other thing. Yeah. People tend to get into stuff. You have a buddy come up and says, hey man, I, I've got this deal. Put it in writing. I don't need to put it in writing. Oh yes, you do. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Ever, don't ever let anybody tell you that they've got a great deal. 
let them show you and then do your due diligence and then talk to some other people and get their opinion. I've tried to not just make a decision on my own. My wife is a great counsel now, Robin. She, uh, <laughs> I, I used to go, go do things and she'd look at me and go, what? <laughs> now, now I sit down and say, what do you think of this, Robbie? <laughs> so I'm in a capital preservation, to be honest right. with you. More Which is at, very at this smart. stage of my life. We need to talk football. Yeah, so I oh, wanna, yeah, there's a game. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I do, do want to ask you about sort the of the business. The girl making this transition. The business of the NFL, though, because, you know, we had a story uh, on the Bloomberg uh, earlier this week about, you know, the, the NFL headed toward $25 billion yeah. in revenue. I mean, the business of football has never been healthier. A little bit of a blip last year with ratings and, and whatnot. With, and this year you get the uh, controversy over the, the lack of a hit, lack right. of a call. So. Right. Well, let's start there. Yeah. Lack of a call. What do you do? What do you do about that if you if you're Goodell? I have. I think Roger waited for his press conference because he knew he was going to have to talk about it, so he waited. Um, I found it interesting that he, he used he chose the words of, well, coaches are human, players are human, officials are human. Well, if that's the case, why do we have instant replay? Right. Why are we using technology if everybody's human in this game and we're expecting errors? Yeah. And even when they review them, they're wrong sometimes. Right. I have a suggestion. What you do is you take the challengeable plays remain the same. The coaches have three challenges. That remains the same. But you give a coach one more challenge. It can be on anything in the game. You're probably going to wind up saving it for the last two, three minutes of the game. It could be to pick up a crucial first down. It could be to negate a penalty that sets you back. It could be field position to kick. Whatever it might be. You've got one in your, in your back pocket. Yeah. You get to use it anywhere you want. It doesn't slow the game down. It's not feasible to review every instant uh, pass interference, supposed pass interference call. It's just not feasible. Right? Yeah. So you find something that works. And I think this makes a little bit of sense. I've thought about it a lot. Well, and, and these are the moments, right, yeah. where these things tend to change. Things that people have been talking about for right. a long time, they need that catalytic moment where everybody goes, what? Well, there's then- more conversa- there was more conversation about the referees than there were about the two teams that were here. Now, this is the other thing about this game on Sunday. We basically have an understanding of who and what the New England Patriots are and what they're going to bring to the table. Tom Brady and company. Right. Uh, then on the other side, you got young Sean McVay, the, the, the wildcatter, the, yeah. the ruthless play caller, the, the exciting young coach with his young quarterback and his football team. Todd Gurley, I don't know what's going to, is he there mentally? Is he there yeah. physically? But the third group is going to be the officials. How will they call the game? Will the pressures of two weeks ago affect what's going to happen here? Yeah, I hope point. they let them play. Yeah. I hope they let them play. Right. I think that's vitally important because... Let I, the officials play. No, let the players play. Don't don't get yourself in the... Now, how reluctant are the officials going to be to throw the flag or will right. they throw it too often? Yeah. Right. Well, what do you think as I, a result of it? I think they're going to let the guys play. Okay. We'll know in the first five minutes. Yeah. yeah. When you're sitting there watching the Super Bowl in the first five minutes... You're going to have an idea of the direction of the game. If there's four or five penalties called early, then we probably then could we be know. in for a problem. Right. So you obviously know a huge amount and think a lot, a lot about business and investing. As a business, what does the NFL need to do next to retain its supremacy in professional sports? I think it will always retain its supremacy almost beside itself because, number one, you have sports betting now. Yeah. And, foot, and football is the one that people bet on the most. So you have the gamblers. You have, secondly, the fantasy football participants. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether If you're in an office, yeah, I don't really like football. Uh, but everybody else everybody is playing plays. fantasy football, so now I become an ancillary fan. Right. And then thirdly, 
which is the foundation of it. There are people out there that love football no matter what. Right. So you have those three elements that will not really, it's too big to fail is a perfect way to describe yeah. the NFL. It really is because of those contributing factors to why it is what it is. I, I think. So concerns about younger generations, right? Yeah. Not entering into football. You don't. You think that's overblown or what? No, not at all. I think parents are very concerned. The safety and safety in the game. We may see, possibly, the punt being taken out of the game. The yeah. kickoff being mm -hmm. taken out of the game. Uh, the new Alliance League that's coming out is not going to have a kickoff. Right. So there are people that are moving in that direction. And, and I ask parents all the time, if you don't want your child to participate, first of all, any child that participates in a uh, football, they should be, have a baseline done. If you're, a, if you're on a Pop Warner team, every kid on that team should do have a baseline, figure right. out where they are mentally, and then work from there. Some are susceptible to concussions, yep. some are not. Right, so right. you know if somebody's going to be put in harm's way. Secondly, there's technology available. There, there are things out there. I, I'm part of a work with a company called Unequal, unequal.com. We have different things that we've developed to try and reduce the risk of concussions and mm -hmm. reduce the risk of injuries Injuries in, in a lot of sports. Right. Um, and so when you really sit down and think about it, there's so many benefactors, beneficial things that happen in football. You learn how to take orders from someone else. You have to memorize things so it's mentally there. Physically, you have to watch your diet. You learn to win. You learn to mm -hmm. lose. Um, you learn to, you learn to appreciate winning you learn to not quit so I ask parents if you're not going to let them play football him or her what do you want them to do? I want to play soccer well what do you hit with a soccer ball your yeah, head yeah. Some, yeah it's so show me, show me the logic but it's the physical nature I think I think they ought to do baselines on every person every young person that participates in a sport that is, is contact gotta ask you because we you also when you came over this was like i think the first thing you said i grew up giants family my dad had seasons tickets we went um as family i won't hold it against me <laughs> <laughs> well especially lawrence taylor yeah take us back to that day oh uh, breaking your leg that night it was uh, well I, I just relived it because of alex smith right you know i mean same place on the field same score of the game except we won that one 23 21 I have a nephew named Alex Smith who's 33 years old. Wow. Whole thing's scary. Yeah. yeah. That night. Because um, you said you were just like recalling the exact time when you walked over someone here. Had, someone yeah, had asked you what, yeah. what yeah. time it was. Um, the thing about that game was it was, it was a, the game, had all, it was really fast. The Giants were playing fast. We were playing fast. And I missed a couple of opportunities to put some points on the board early in that game. And then all of a sudden, I remember Lawrence grabbing my left shoulder and swinging around and catching my right leg. And off my left ear, I heard a pow, pow. It sounded like two muzzled gunshots. You can actually hear it on TV. Yes. You can hear yes. them breaking. And I remember laying on the field and, and looking up. And Joe Gibbs, my head coach, uh, first of all, Bubba Tyre, our trainer, is right above me. And I said, Bubba, do me a favor. Call my mom. Tell her I'm okay. First thing I said. Then Joe comes over, kneels down, looks at me, and goes, Joe, Joe, you've been such a big part of this football team for so long. You've meant so much to this team. This is a heck of a mess you've left me in. <laughs> <laughs> he said that on the field? Me? On the field. He said, you know, I, I said, I'm fine. Then they, but this is the whole thing that happens this night. And I remember everything. Yeah. The clock, I think, was at 10.05 p.m., a big long jean yeah. clock, big huge yeah. clock. They put me on the stretcher. They start to wheel me out of the stadium. And Harry Carson was thinking about retiring. Yeah, yeah. I turned to Harry. I said, Harry, I understand you're thinking about retiring. He said, yes, I am. I said, don't you go retiring. I'm going to be a macho guy now. Don't you go retiring because I'm coming back. He said, that may be the case, pal, but he ain't going to be the night. Yeah. <laughs> they, put me, wow. they put me in the ambulance. All of a sudden, Art Monk catches a big pass down the sidelines. They put, as they were putting me in the ambulance, they get me to the hospital. 
they start to transfer me from the ambulance gurney to the hospital gurney, but they forget to pick up my right leg. So I'm being transferred, and all of a sudden my right leg just drops down. Oh, oh my God. And I don't feel a thing. I turned to one of the attendants and said, excuse me, can somebody get the rest of me, please? <laughs> Wheel me in, get me in the prep room. I had him bring in a black and white TV, had a coat hanger stuck in. It was outside the window. I watched the rest of the football game. Phil Sims on fourth down through an incomplete pass. We yeah. win the football game. And um, I turned to the doctor. I said, your turn to put me back together. Wow. And that was my that was my night. And you've said that it, it obviously changed your life. Did. did you say for the better? Yes, absolutely. I, I'd become a very self-absorbed individual. I'd been a guy who really thought that uh, the world owed me. Uh, instead of appreciating what I had, I sort of took advantage of it to a large degree. And so this day, every day, I want to be a better person. I want to be a better human being. And I believe in divine intervention. Hmm. People come up all the time and say, what a tragedy it was. Now, it was a time in my life where the good Lord had given me skills. Now it was time in his eyes for me to move on and do other things and talk about the graciousness of God and, and the opportunities that we have in our lives going forward to be able to influence and affect other people. It's what you guys do on, on, on radio, what you do on TV. You influence a lot of people. Yeah, I guarantee you, you get emails. Hey, I like you, you suggested a stock. It doesn't work. Imagine us in the predicting business of television yeah. talking yeah. about a game, the game, this game. People are talking about this game. There are people out there that will listen to, quote, unquote, all the experts in this room, and they'll make a decision accordingly. And if it doesn't go that way, they're upset right. with everybody. So it's you know, can't please, please everybody. You are uh, incredibly gracious to spend some Thank time with so us. Thank you so much. Uh, Who's going to win? I like New England. Ah. Uh, but don't quote me on it. It's no. There we go. <laughs> no, actually, I do. I, I, think, I think experience is going to make a difference in it's this game. It's only millions of uh, listeners only millions, around the world. Millions of them <laughs> everywhere. Exactly. But it is. It's, I, I think that they're, it's, it's the veteran nature of Bill and Tom and that football team and the inexperience to a degree of Jared, not of Sean. Yeah. I, this game is so big for Jared Goff. Yeah. This stage is so big. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll cite you one quick example. The Giants beat the New England Patriots when the New England Patriots were 18-0 and 0 coming into this yeah. game. Yeah. They lost that game. Nobody talks about that. That was one of the greatest teams in the history of football. Nobody talks about them for one reason. They lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the impact and significance of this game. It changes your life. I've been, I've, I wear my rings. Yeah, I talk about them. I had the good fortune of playing in two. Um, you know, you go back, what, Super Bowl 17? So where are you going back? 36 years. Um, I had a chance to win a world championship, and it changed my life going forward. There's only 34 of us that have won world championships as quarterbacks. It's amazing. Because when you stop and think, Joe's got four, Terry's got four, right. Tom has five. Multiple, right. So there's 13 right there between there those three. Hoggish is what they are. They're just, they want to hoard everything. There you go. Guys. Gotta say, we could talk to you for hours. Oh, I'd love we to. We gotta I'd run. I'd love come back at some point. I'd love yeah, to come do see it. us in New York. Because we want to so talk more about cannabis and uh, yeah. digital currency. We'll see totally. how things go. Thank a you. pleasure. So that was NFL legend, commentator, and very astute investor, Joe Theismann, joining us here in Atlanta. Great to hear him say, you know who I want to sit down with? Warren Buffett. I just want to listen to him. Exactly. You don't hear a lot of that here on Radio Row. You've been listening to a very special edition of the Bloomberg Business Week weekend podcast. I'm Jason Kelly. I'm Carol Masser. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.